I really mean it. I really mean it. I'm thrilled to be here. If you don't know who I am, um, I'm not up here often. My name is Alan. I work with our teenagers and uh, some of the media, the live stream. Basically, I tell people to turn stuff off and back on, and I give them the Wi-Fi passcode. That's what that entails. And then with the teenagers, right now, uh, my biggest task is to keep them out of the dumpster on Thursday nights. I don't know how that got started, um, but uh, if, you're, if you're one of the parents of the teens, you know it's absolutely true. Um, like I said, it's been, uh, been a while since I've been standing up here. It's been about a year. And what, what a year. What a year it's been, right? You guys remember last year when we used to all go into restaurants? Uh, just, we didn't have to have a mask. You probably got one of those in your pocket right now or in your purse. We'd go into a restaurant and just sit down and enjoy it. Now you go and there's, there's some uh, teenager standing there with a thermometer, you know, that he holds up nowhere near your forehead. I've had this happen to me. Oh, 47 degrees. You're good. Go on in. Like, I feel like you should take my pulse maybe or something. Uh, but, but man, it, it's been a year. It was, um, it was actually almost exactly a year ago. You guys might remember that we did our grand opening service here at Fresno Church. We had the building packed. There was absolutely no social distancing happening anywhere in this building. The lobby was full. Um, man, it, it was, seem, seems like forever ago that that, uh, that would even be happening, but I remember we had these bounce houses out in the, uh, in the parking lot, and kids were just piled in there with no masks, just breathing on each other, and, and we, we had no idea uh, what, what was about to happen. Uh, we had mailed out 30,000 postcards to our community, you guys remember that, and, and invited all these people to come in. We didn't know that our, our world was really just about to change. I didn't know that our world was about to change. I remember um, we were in staff meeting after we'd had that grand opening service and uh, pastor was just kind of casting vision about what was gonna happen next. And I, I remember we kind of had a vision service and he said, Easter's coming up. And he said, we rented out the, the local football stadium and we're gonna fill it up. I was like, wow, crazy, right? You know, go big or go home. And we end up going home if you remember, <laughs> but but it, it was, you know, I, I've, I was a prophet, but go big or go home. We did it. We did it. We did it. In fact, uh, I remember that I, I, Lucas timing, timing the comedy there. I didn't know he was going to send the picture up right there, but uh, we really did go. Uh, this, is, this is my living room. We started, started having church uh, in our living room. And I, I remember for me, uh, things, things started to shift. You know, I kind of started to have this, this realization that we were living in a new world. Things were happening a different way. You guys all remember this. I don't know where you were when it really hit you, but for me, uh, we had we had planned a um, we had planned a spring break vacation. My my nephews were both about to graduate high school, and uh, we'd planned to go on a cruise. My brother-in-laws were texting me. They were like, "I think this thing's going to get canceled." I was like, "No, we're good. We're good. It's not getting. I'm buying up stock in Carnival Cruise Line. I'm like, we're good. You know, it's not going to happen." And uh, man, I remember the day that they, that was one of the first things they canceled, if you remember. And uh, cruises got canceled and I found out that we weren't gonna get to go on this vacation and we're changing things. Next thing I know, uh, the kids' school sends out an email and um, you know they're gonna be having school at home. And, uh, and everything was shifting. My job description was changing. Uh, we had to move everything online. We started shooting these music videos. If you guys remember, we were shooting those every single week so that we could put them online so that we could still worship together as a church. Everything was changing. Uh, new, new problems were being brought to light, things that we hadn't faced before, and, 
as those problems came out, we were trying to find a, a way to face these problems, I guess, in, in new ways. And I don't know about you, I don't know what, what problems you faced, uh, but for me, uh, really, this, this worldwide pandemic that we were facing, wasn't, it wasn't so much my problem. That became the backdrop for what I was about to face. I don't know what it was for you, and I don't know how problems present in your life. For me, um, it, it all changed when, when my doctor called one day. And I remember very, very specifically the words he said. He said, you have cancer. And that, man, my, my, world, my world just stopped. All these other things really mattered. They, just, they didn't matter anymore. All, all the virus, I didn't care about wearing a mask anymore. I didn't care about how we were going to, you know, make sure the kids could, could have school online and, and all these things. It, it just should, have you ever had something, all, just worlds happen, have you ever had something just grab your attention, just yank it someplace else? That was what happened. That was what happened for me. And uh, I, remember, I remember I'm kind of in the middle of all this and... Um, Actually, a, a kind of a, a new problem came about from that. Um, in the beginning of the year, uh, we'd actually lost our health insurance, and uh, the doctor said, you have cancer. You follow that up with, uh, right now, there's, there's not any place I can send you. There, there's not a, not a doctor that's going to accept you. Um, you. You know, you need to get insurance. You get insurance. And, uh, man, I was just in a low place, honestly. I was in a, I was in a really low place. I remember that I uh, had, had about a stretch of about a, a month's time. And there was a lot of other stuff going on, honestly, and I just, I just was in a low place. We had a trip planned. We were getting ready to go to uh, Indiana, which is where we, we've moved here from. And uh, I thought, man, this will, be, this will be a really good thing, just kind of escape, get, get my mind around some things. At that point, I don't know what stage the cancer is. I don't know, um, I, I mean, I'm literally Googling my own survival rate, right, you know, and I, and I don't know the, um, I don't know what stage, so I, I, I don't even know the answer there. And uh, so we do, we, we load up and we, we take this trip to Indiana, and uh, we get there, and there are a few days, uh, just almost immediately, uh, I contract the coronavirus, you know, I get, get the virus. And uh, it's different for everybody, right? You know, everybody says that. I know many, many of you have had it, and for some it's not too bad. For me, it was bad. <laughs> I, uh, I, I found myself laying in bed. Uh, I, I was in bed, I think, for, for six days. And while I was laying in bed there, I remember, this, this is just, a, again, a low time, I'm sure you can imagine. But, uh, man, I started, I started looking for things that, that would encourage me. I was, I was looking for... Uh, survival stories from people that had been through cancer, or more specifically, my cancer. Um, and of course, I turned to Scripture. And uh, I came across this passage of Scripture that I'm about to read, I'm going to share with you here this morning. And uh, I read through it, and, and it's interesting because as I, as I read this, I've read this passage of Scripture a lot of different times. But, but what I found in this case was that I was really connecting with this character because I could see him as human. You ever done that? This is, I'll be honest, this is going to be a very different, this is what I'm going to share with you this morning. It's my personal testimony. Testimony, that's that big word we use in church and court, right? So it just means it's my story. This is my story and what, what God's done in my life and what he's teaching me right now. 
um, what I'm learning as, as I've gone through some of this. But I connected with this story because I connected with uh, the human that this, this character was. And I think that's going to come out here in just a minute. I'm going to invite you to uh, turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. Um, I'm going to let you stay seated. It's kind of a, a lengthy portion that I'm going to read here, and then we'll jump right into it. I, I'm usually pretty quick. I know you want to be out by lunch. I'll get you out for brunch. I'm used to working with teenagers. They have a real short attention span, so we'll move through this pretty quick. 2 Kings chapter 5, the Bible says, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in, uh, and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He's a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his Lord, thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver and six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothing, and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent you to Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man send word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, and he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean." But Naaman was angry and went away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over me and the place to cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. But his servants came near and said to him, my father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. I'm going to pray, and we'll get into this this morning. Lord, thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for our church. Lord, I thank you for what they've meant to me personally. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to gather here this morning, Lord, uh, in person, and even those that are joining us online. I pray that you'd meet with us this morning, Lord. I pray that you would give me the words to say, Lord. I pray that you would help me to be clear. pray that uh, you would just bless this time that we have here together. In your name I pray, amen. This kind of seems like a weird passage, right, to, uh, to go through in, in the situation that I've described I know I've, I've seen this, uh, this passage of Scripture used several times, usually to illustrate obedience or to illustrate faith, and you kind of pull these truths um, out of the passage. But like I said earlier, 
as I read through this and in the moment that I described, I was really starting to connect with this problem that Naaman was facing, how he was handling it, how people around him were handling it, and what was going on. And uh, I read through this, and, and honestly, I'd written some notes. Uh, years ago, I had written some notes as I had gone through this. But I wrote some things down just as I was kind of reading this story. And honestly, these aren't things that, uh, I, I wish these are things that I could say, these are things I learned, you know, and, and I, wish, I wish that's where I was at. These are things that I'm learning. These are things that I'm still learning, and, and more specifically in light of this problem, of this challenge uh, that came to light in my life just over the past year. I want to focus, first of all, let's look at that, that first verse again. If you just take the last five words, Luke is going to throw those on the screen here. Right at the end there it says, but he was a leper. Now, I know uh, for me the first time I read this, uh, what I identified with there was that he had a problem. This, this was a, a health problem that he was facing. I, re I read over it a few times because I was starting to just really identify with the story. And, and it's interesting to me that there's a giant verse there that, that describes who Naaman was. Uh, this verse that we just read, there's 43 words there. And we take those last five words, actually four words in a letter. Put those back up there, Lucas. Five words, four words in a letter. And, and that's what we use to describe this character in the Bible. The Bible actually says he was a commander of the army, a great man, high in favor. Because of him, the Lord had uh, given a victory mighty man of valor, all these good words are said about him, but we take those last five words, that's how we, we've always described Naaman. I don't know if you grew up going to Sunday school like I did. I remember what we called this character in the Bible. Anybody remember? We called him Naaman the leper. I actually called him Naaman the leopard until I was about seven, or I might have been 13, but I didn't call him Naaman the leper, but regardless, that, that's, that's what he's known for. He, he's known for that thing. Even though there, all these other things are happening, all these, uh, these other good things that he's done, these things that have happened in his life, but, but that's what he's known for. This is what I wrote down when, when I read that. My problem is not my identity. My problem isn't my identity. One of the first things that I, I seriously dealt with whenever, whenever I was going through this was... Uh, this, this idea that this, this new thing that happened in my life, that, that cancer, that I, was, I, was, that I had cancer, I started to feel like this would be what I was known for. When people would see me, it's all they would think about. That's all they would want to know about and, and talk about. And, and, and I didn't want that. I didn't want that to be the thing that I was known for. And I, I started, I think because I started to take that on as, as my identity, and it was just such a huge thing in my life, I started to look around and just assume, I guess, that, that other people would do the same. Can I just, just, just stop here and say, whatever problem it is that you're facing this morning, I don't know what it is, I don't know if it's big or small, but that problem is not you. It's, it's not you. That, that thing you said, that thing you did, that thing that happened to you, that's not who you are. That's, that's not your identity. And I know that it's easy to stand up here and say that, but it, it's not who you are. It's not your identity. And I, I struggled with this. My problem became the only thing that I was thinking about. And I know that that's kind of understandable, but it, maybe not healthy. It, it, was, it was the only thing I was thinking about. I remember some of the way that, that this played out. And I very first realized that, that there was an issue that I, I was starting to struggle um, with my health. Uh, 
I'd gone on a walk, Brent and I went on a walk that we usually do just about every night. And I, I was kind of, I was starting to feel, that there was just a few symptoms, and um, I just felt like something was off in my body. And, uh, and I told Bryn that, uh, I was like, we need to, I think we need to make a doctor's appointment. You know, I think something's wrong. But I remember specifically, <laughs> I told her, I said, don't tell anybody about this. Don't tell your mom. She talks to her mom on the phone all the time, right? Don't, do not tell your mom. Don't tell our friends. Just don't let this come up. We're, we're going to get it figured out. You know, I knew we didn't have insurance, I, I, but it was serious enough. I, I, we need to pay for this and figure it out. And, and time went on. You know, symptoms got worse. I remember, um, I remember here in the office, it was starting to, to affect the way that my schedule was and, and different things. I remember I went and talked to Pastor, and I said, hey, there's something going on. You know, I think it's going to affect my schedule just a little bit. But I said, don't tell anybody. I was like, do not tell your wife. Don't even tell Bryn that I came and told you about this. I, I do not want this thing to be who I am. You know, I, I was just, just worried about it. And uh, this, this actually brings me to the next passage of Scripture and the next thing I wrote down. I want to read, uh, let's start in verse number 2 here. It says, Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. Skip to verse number 4. Um, it says, So Naaman went and told his Lord. Skip down to verse number 9. It says, So Naaman came with his horses and chariots, and stood at the door of Elisha's house. Here's, here's Naaman in, the, in this situation that he's in, this very real situation. I recognize that there were people that he, he, ha he had to go and tell about this. If he was going to get help, there were people that had to know. And th this is the next thing that I wrote down as I was going through this passage. The fastest path to healing is exposing my weakness. The fastest path to healing is exposing my weakness. Naaman, you know, this is, this is a very real situation. I know there's a certain point whenever you have a problem and you do realize that uh, you're going to have to turn to somebody for help. I mean, I, I'd looked for everything to solve my problem. I, I'd looked on YouTube to see if I could cut a tumor out of my stomach myself. It can't be done. You can't do it on your own. You gotta, you, there's, you've got to have help. But, but very seriously, um, man, I just didn't, I didn't want anybody to know. I remember... Uh, as some of this started to play out, there was a, we really needed to get a test done. And uh, this, is, this is, you know, I just had a talk with Bren, didn't know, uh, didn't, didn't have confirmation that, that I had cancer yet. And, uh, and so we needed to get a test done. We, we were trying, trying our best to get this test scheduled. Um, didn't have insurance, like I said. And so, uh, unfortunately, as we called and we talked to doctors, they, they just said, uh, we can't accept you as a patient. I remember several doctors said, just, that's just the way <clears throat> the medical system works in our country. You've got to have insurance. And, uh, man, we'd worked hard. I was really at the bottom, uh, just at the end of my rope. And uh, finally, we, we got, got a test, you know, prepaid it. And uh, only thing was, it was, it was months and, and months away. And at this point, we really... We hadn't told anybody what was going on. We just started a new semester of, uh, of connection groups, our small group Bible studies. And uh, it was Monday night when we got that scheduled. We just got it scheduled just, just right before we were supposed to start group. And, uh, you know, 7 o'clock rolls around. Man, I'll be honest, I was not feeling it. 
I, I love our group. I love going to that Bible study every week, but I, I wasn't present. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I just, I, just, I just didn't even really feel like, dude, I was going through the motions. I just wanted to, wanted to kind of get it done. We were going through a, a study at that time uh, of Psalm 23 with uh, Pastor Matt Chandler. It was a video series. Uh, a man that actually uh, had, had battled cancer himself. And uh, 7 o'clock rolls around. Everybody kind of comes in. Nobody knows what's going on. We, we start our, our video series, and uh, then we're going to have some discussion after that. I remember uh, just as I'm sitting there, and obviously all I'm thinking about is, is this thing, you know, this thing. And, and now it's even months away before I'll even know what's, what's going to happen with it. There's something that, that I say in our group constantly. As a matter of fact, I started to feel a little bit guilty about it in that moment, but I, I say it constantly, and that's this. Tell your story from the middle, not the end. As, as, as we gather in a group, these are fellow believers. These are people that love you and know you. We, we just want to know your story. We want to know what's going on. We want to pray for you. We want to be with you, you know. And I, and I constantly say, tell your story from the middle, not the end. Here I was sitting in our group, and uh, I'm in the middle of a story, and let me tell you, I did not, <laughs> I did not want anybody to know about it. I, I, I wanted to wait till the end. Uh, we, we always want to share that story after it's inspirational, right? Now, let me tell you about this thing that I went through, but, but I've already got victory in. Uh, I'm in the middle of this, and uh, group kind of wraps up. And uh, we always take prayer requests at the end of our, our Bible study. Man, I just felt like, I just felt like the Lord was, uh, man, just, just really pressuring me, just, just putting it on me that, that I would even say these words almost on a weekly basis. And, and here I was, I wouldn't even share, you know, what I was going through. And um, so prayer requests, we're kind of wrapping them up. I just mentioned very vaguely, I said, uh, I've just got a health concern right now. The, the, really, the big thing that we need is we need to be able to get this test. If we get this test, I, I didn't even say, you know, what I, what I was facing, but it'll, it'll really clear me or it'll say that there's, there's more that needs to be done, but it's very important we get this test. We don't have insurance, and we're just really struggling to get it. We, uh, we wrapped up group, and there's one couple in our group that uh, had, had faced a health situation of their own. They kind of stayed after, and um, we talked with them, and They'd kind of been down this road, honestly, and I don't know why it hadn't crossed my mind. And uh, they'd been through it, where they'd called different doctors, they'd gone all kinds of other places. I'll tell you, before group, we were already, uh, we were calling other states, we were exploring going outside the country, perhaps, just so we could get this one test done. <clears throat> I remember they said, they said, if you'll, uh, you'll call this place, they could probably get you in. And... Uh, we called, we called a bunch of places that night, and uh, one of them called us back the next morning, said, we can get you in by the end of the week. We, we can figure this out, you know, and I, I think, here, here's the thing that, that I was taken away from that, that here I am, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to share anything with anybody, and my answer is really this, this group of believers that's, that's traveled some of this path before. That, um, that's experienced some of this. And I promise, people around you want to help. They want to help. Um, they want to pray for you. They want to pray with you. And uh, we, we did, we, we, we got that test. And I remember uh, at that point, we're starting to share with just a few more friends. It's, it's becoming, becoming apparent, you know, what, what's, what's going on. And uh, 
man, I remember just starting to get text messages from the few people, few people that knew what was going on. And um, man, some of the messages that meant the most to me, it wasn't that, it wasn't even that I'm thinking about you or I know what you're going through, I'm praying for you. I remember getting messages that said that we're in this with you. You're not by yourself. You know, we're, we're not just praying for you, we're here with you. And uh, man, that, that meant a lot. It, it really, it, it meant a lot. And, and to, to have other believers around me that, that, that really were praying for me. And, and I realized that those are the people, not just the people that are there with you, but these are the people that really do care about you. These are the people that are, that are feeling this with you. Can I just say, and I, I'm, I know I'm going to kind of just make this shameless plug here, but if you're not in a small group Bible study, like, this is one of the reasons that we have these, these studies and these small group Bible studies in our church. So that, I mean, my group is in this room right now. They, they, know, they, they know this story because they, they've lived it with me. And if you're not in one of these, these Bible studies, you've got to get in one. This, don't, don't wait until you're facing a problem. Don't wait until you have a prayer request. Um, you need to be around fellow believers. You need to have those close friends that'll walk that journey with you, that'll, that'll walk that path with you. Came, fast forward just a little bit. We got, uh, got that first test, right? Uh, big deal, really big deal. This is, this is going to tell me what was going on. And uh, came out of... Uh, Came out of the test, and I'd, I'd had to be put under for it. And uh, woke up, the doctor's there, and I honestly, I just want answers right then, right? You know, and I, I turned to him, I looked, and uh, I said, hey, you know, how'd it go? How'd it go? Do I, uh, do I have cancer? Basically, I want to know. And uh, he said, well, I, I don't think it's cancer. And it felt good, honestly. He said, actually, I think that you have, um, it's a, a, a chronic disease, um, not, not curable, but, but something that we can, you know, there's things we can do. It might need surgery. It might not. There's, you know, different things we'll have to explore. I remember he told me specifically, he said, whatever this is, you have got to get insurance. He said, there's, there's no path forward here. He said, you can't take out enough mortgages on your house. He said, you know, we found something and uh, you've got to get insurance. And then, I know this kind of sounds weird, but honestly, as I'm laying there in that stupid, ugly robe, um, man, it just... Honestly, it, it felt a little bit like, like a victory. Here, I, I, I honestly, I was thinking at that point that I had cancer, and the doctor says, no, maybe not. It might just be this chronic, incurable disease. And I'm like, yes, you know, this is, this is what I was praying for. I remember, I, I really did say this. I remember uh, I was talking to somebody here on staff. We were here in the auditorium. I said, man, if, if that's all it is, we're throwing a party. Like taco trucks, the whole thing. If it's, if it's just a chronic disease, we can... We can deal with this. But I remember I thought, you know, this is, this is the answer. That's all it is. I can wait. I can wait until open enrollment, find a way to get insurance, and, and, and we'll, we'll be able to deal with this. And, uh, man, I think about how many times that, that we've kind of written the answer to our problems already ourselves. I think what was happening with me, I, I don't know if you've ever done this. Uh, I know you've probably heard this example. But whenever you get hungry for lunch or something, this happens to me. I don't really cook anything. Usually what I do is I'll, I'll go to the refrigerator and I'll scan the whole refrigerator and there's for sure nothing I want because it all takes work. And then, then I'll go to the cabinet, I'll scan through that, nothing I want, you know, it, it all takes work. Basically, then I, I lower my standard 
and I go back and I do the same thing over again. You know, you do that six or eight times, eventually you wind up with like a pickle and a cracker and you, you're good to go, you know? You just, you just keep kind of lowering your standards. I, I remember I kind of felt like that in that moment as I was praying about this, this health situation, not knowing what it was. I remember I, I would pray, I would say, God, please, just, just let it be nothing. Let it be nothing. And then it started to be clear. I was like, okay, it's something. It's something. And I'd pray, okay, God, it's something, but... but don't let it be anything too bad, you know? And then I talked to a doctor. He says kind of bad, and I, okay, all right, it might be kind of bad, but God, just do not let it be cancer. Don't let it be cancer. And I continue to pray, okay, God, it's cancer, but don't let it be late stage, you know? We don't want it to be late stage. And eventually we, we did find out the stage, and, and it was late stage. And, and I said, okay, it's late. God, just, just don't let it be, you know, I just, but each time I I feel like I was willing to accept whatever that was, just as I, as I lowered the standard and lowered the standard. Let's look back at Naaman's problem here in verse number 10. It says, And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored. You shall be clean. But Naaman was angry, went out away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out and come and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place, and cure the leper. This is what I was wanting. I just want somebody to wave their hand over me and, and all of it would, would go away. It seems crazy, but, but you kind of start thinking like that. He said, Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash and be clean in them? And then right there at the very end it says, So he turned away and he went in a rage. We're going to come back to that. Here's what I wrote down whenever I read those verses. The answer to my problem isn't what I think it is. And that, that can be hard to take sometimes. Like, I, I promise you, I had all the answers, and I was feeding them to God. God, here's the answer. This, this is what I need. If you can just make this happen, the, the, the answer is so simple. I just, just cure me. Just, just make it go away. Make it so that I, I don't have to deal with it anymore. I remember... Um, there's, there were a lot of, of well-meaning people that, uh, that told me something that just wasn't encouraging at all. And that doesn't mean it wasn't true. But uh, a lot of people said, no matter what happens, God's still in control. It's true. It's not encouraging. Because in that moment, I'm thinking, look, I know God's in control, but I don't like where we're going with this thing. <laughs> it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Now, honestly, it's, it's pretty scary. It's not... It's not fun. I like fun. That's what I like. This wasn't fun. And uh, yeah, God's in control, but, but man, I, I just didn't, I didn't, like, I didn't like the answers that he was giving me. We knew, uh, we knew we were waiting a call, on a call from that doctor to find out. This doctor did the test. You know, he said he thinks it's uh, just chronic disease, probably not cancer. We're waiting on a call. He said it'll probably be a couple of weeks. And... Uh, he actually called me that, that same week on a Friday. He left me a voicemail a couple times. He said, call back. I was worried, but I really wanted to know. Called back as a Friday, and that was, that was the call. You know, Sometimes the doctors, when they talk to me about this, they say the C word. He used the C word. He said, you have cancer. And uh, he said, again, there's, there's nothing we can do about this until you get insurance. You, you've got to get insurance. And, man, I, I got off the phone, man, uh, the emotions, you know, the emotions, it, ju it just hits you. You know, this is, this is, 
what I was afraid of. I sat there for a few minutes and uh, just kind of collected my thoughts. I'm in my office here at the church. I walked down to pastor's office, and he and Nick were in there. Guys, I got cancer. I'm going to take the rest of the day off. Uh, something to that effect. It wasn't exactly like that. but um, So I went home, and uh, man, all of a sudden, a, a new reality set in for me. And it wasn't just the reality that I had cancer. I'll be honest with you, this is what I was suspecting. In some ways, it was a relief just to have a diagnosis so that we could start to, start to treat this cancer. Um, I'll tell you the new, new reality that set in for me. I want to look back first at, at verse number 12 here. It says, Are not Abana and far part of the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? Look at the last part of that, and I said it a minute ago, but it says, he turned away in a rage. Turned away in a rage. Sounds like Naaman was just, just kind of done with all of it. You know, he's, he's sick of dealing with it. He's not happy with the answers that he's getting. And, and, and he's, I don't know if you've been around somebody that's in a rage. You know, that's what the Bible says. It's not fun to be around that. You don't, you don't usually, in fact, if you've been in that situation, usually you kind of give that person their space, you know, let them deal with the problem. I kind of imagine the, the, the feeling that he had in that moment. Then as I'm reading, I looked at verse number 13. It says, right at the beginning, but his servants came near and said to him, my father, it is a great word the prophet's spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean? I don't know, I don't know what kind of relationship. The Bible doesn't really say that he had with his servants or that, that they had with him. I think what jumped out to me, again, just this human part of this, what jumped out at me is why would they, why would they, he's in a rage. Why would they stop him? Why would they approach him and have anything at all to say to him? Here's something that I, I wrote down when I, when I read this verse and really was the new reality that, that I was about to face. Life isn't about me. It's not just about me. In that moment, honestly, I'm sure all of you understand that, that I felt like life was about me. And, and in, a, in, in a lot of ways, you know, you might say there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Here's what happened next in my story. I, I left the church that day, left the office, um, tried to catch Bryn. I think I ended up talking to her on the phone and uh, got a hold of her. She's in the truck, and you know that Bluetooth thing where it goes through your speakers? I knew I was probably on speakerphone. She's picking the kids up from school. And uh, she said, hold on, you know, gets it off speakerphone. And I, I give her the news, let her know what's going on. I said, I'm headed home. And... Uh, got home, and uh, at this point, you know, I said we'd, we'd shared with a, new pe a few people. I hadn't told my parents, my siblings, but we hadn't told the kids what was going on. They knew I, I was getting some tests done. Happens sometimes, you know. They certainly didn't know what was going on, and uh, first thing she said was, you, you need to tell the kids. You need to, got to let them know what's going on. And uh, so I got home, and uh, I said, okay. You know, I didn't mean like right then, but she did. Um, 
I said, okay, and just, I don't know why this image is in my, my head, but this is, this is how it happened. Um, I said, okay, I think I was outside, just, uh, sitting on a, you know, outside, and uh, she comes and gets me and said, hey, I got the kids, you know, come tell them. And we've got this cabinet in our house, and uh, I was standing kind of at the head. Lily's over here, Lucas is there, Brent's here. For whatever reason, we're just kind of gathered there. I didn't know what to say. I, w I wasn't ready, you know. Usually, uh, I'm used to like happy and fun stuff. That's about all I do. I definitely don't do serious or scary or anything like that. I didn't know what to say. And uh, I, so I, I just said, um, you guys know I've been, been having some tests. So we just found out that I have cancer. And really, I'll be honest, in our house, we actually don't do a lot of negative or serious. Mostly it is just fun. Sometimes people are like, you guys is fun all the time. We kind of are, actually. <laughs> That's, we, we just prefer fun over stuff like this. And I remember for a split second, I think it was Lily, kind of made a joke and we tried to laugh. And it was, it, then it was just like this implosion happened. Um, we, we all left. And I could hear crying, um, probably, probably from all of us a little bit. And uh, I think I went back outside and Bryn came and got me and said, uh, you know, you probably should probably go talk to them about this a little bit, uh, just more one-on-one -on -one personally, and I did. I really realized just in that moment, here, here I'm thinking, really, I'm thinking life's about me right now. You know who's hurt right then? It's not me. All these people around me that, that, that I don't even want to tell about my problem, now they're the ones that hurt. Now, now they're the ones that are experiencing this, that are experiencing this pain. They're experiencing the problem that I have. It's been put on them, and it's going to affect them, and it's going to affect their lives in a big way. I think, man, so many times, how many times do we have a problem in our lives, big or small? We can become so inward focused, focused on us and how do I feel and what's going to happen to me? How much is this going to cost me? And am I going to have to do things I don't want to do? Or We just get so inward focused. This is true of any situation. Those that are around us, especially those that are closest to us, those people are affected. It's not just about me. It's not about me. This last verse here, last couple verses, I'll read it. We'll wrap it up here. It says, but his servants came near, verse 13, said to him, my father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? As he actually said to you, wash and be clean. So he went down, dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was made, made clean. Here's the last thing that I wrote down. I wrote down, I am greatly loved. I'll tell you when I realized this in, in a really, really heavy way. Eventually, uh, thankfully, we were able to get insurance. And uh, I think at that point that we had a diagnosis, we had insurance. You guys will remember it wasn't that long ago that uh, Pastor shared with the church this, this um, thing I was facing. And 
uh, surgery was scheduled. The week of Christmas, surgery scheduled. And uh, man, I'm, I'm, for some reason, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling good about it at all. And uh, I don't know why, I don't know why that was, but this should have been the answer, I thought, to my problems. At the very least, you know, at that point we had staging, we knew it was stage three. And uh, the, the best course of action is to, to cut out this tumor, and we ended up removing a, a large portion of my uh, small intestine and large intestine and, uh, you know, lymph nodes. We, we had a, a battle plan that, that this needed to happen. It was a big deal. And uh, because of COVID, uh, you know, we're, we're living in this, this new world. And the way it worked out was that um, Bryn had to drop me off at the front of the hospital. And I knew uh, for the next uh, kind of undetermined amount of time, but certainly the next several days, I'd face surgery and, uh, and I'd be by myself, you know. I remember I, I went in and uh, I put this stupid paper robe on with all kinds of holes in it and it doesn't cover anything and um, they, they hook all this stuff up to me you know I'm sitting in a sitting in a chair and because of COVID I'm actually like in a conference room it's not even anything comfortable all these nurses are around me and they're they're starting to plug up these hoses and, and everything and this is just just pre-op you know I'm just getting ready and um, turned off my phone uh, I wanted to save as much battery as I could for whenever I, I woke up on the other side. And, uh, man, I felt disconnected. Just felt like I was by myself. It was, I guess. Me and, me and these nurses I didn't know in a paper robe. And a uh, nurse came over, and, and uh, they, they went to put a needle in. And uh, I remember hearing her say, it's not advancing. It's not, it's not going anywhere. I remember this other nurse was over his, her shoulder. She's like, it has to. Keep pushing. You know, I'm like, no, no, no. Don't, don't keep pushing. This is bad. And it was bad. Um, and and I, I just passed out. And, uh, man, just, you know, I woke up, and uh, I'm, I'm told I was pale, uh, just trying to, trying to work through this. Not, it, it's not going good. I'm not feeling good about this. And uh, I remember one nurse... Uh, she wasn't super selective with her words, and she told me later, she said, you look like a corpse. So like, could we use ghost, or like, is there any other, is there some other word we could use besides, besides corpse? But accurate, I'm sure. Uh, not what I was wanting to hear, but anyway, I uh, made it all the way to the operating room table. Doctor came in, kind of reviewed what had happened that morning, or I'd, I'd passed out and some things, and he said, I just, I am not comfortable with this. He said, there's some other things showing up on the test right at the end, you know, this is about to happen. I'm, I'm actually super emotional for some reason. And uh, he said, I'm going to cancel the surgery. And so I went, um, man, I, I, I wasn't happy. I was, it, Bible said Naaman went out in a rage. I felt like I could, I felt like I could go out in a rage that moment. I, I remember the first thing I did, I turned to a nurse. I said, just bring me my phone. <laughs> I don't know why. That was, that was my connection, the outside world. I remember... Um, I remember I turned on my phone, and I'm just super frustrated. And while my phone was off, I just all these, literally, I promise you, hundreds and hundreds of messages, social media, text messages, Marco Polo, anything you can imagine. Just saying I'm praying for you. 
You're not, you're not alone. We love you. Um, you know, we, we're praying for you. And I remember, I remember just in that moment, I remember sitting there, and I remember saying those words to myself, man, I am loved. And I'm loved. I don't know why it, it hadn't hit me yet. You know, even, even to have people say that they're praying for me and you're not alone, it hadn't hit me. But man, it hit me right, right that moment it hit me. I am loved. And I, I, don't know, I don't know what battle you're going through this morning. I don't know what difficulty you're facing. I don't know if it's a big one, if it's a little one, if it's a health problem, if it's a financial problem, a relationship problem. You're loved. You're not just loved by God. You're loved by other believers, other people in your life. Eventually, for me, uh, surgery was scheduled. Six weeks ago tomorrow, as a matter of fact, will be, um, be six weeks tomorrow since, since the tumor was removed. And uh, I don't know what comes next, honestly. I, I, originally, I wanted to say that these were things I learned. These are really things I'm still learning. I actually haven't had my first test yet that will, uh, that will even say that there's no evidence of disease at this point. I, I do expect that that's what will come next, um, you know, uh, early, early next month. But I'm, I'm made to where I'm at, knowing I'm loved, knowing that life isn't about me, knowing that my problems all don't work out exactly that the, the way that I want to. I think if there's one... One message I came, came away with, I want to share with you this morning. I'll, I'll pray and we'll be done. Not every detour is a path off of your journey. It might very well be the journey. We're all going to face tough things. In a crowd this size, there's people here that are going to face cancer. There's people here that are going to lose loved ones. There's people here that are going to deal with divorce, financial problems. It's going to happen. But not every single thing that happens to you is a detour. It, it might very well be the journey, and you're loved. You're loved. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day, Lord, and Lord, I thank you for this time that you've given us together this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in my life, what you're teaching me, Thank you for, God, I thank you for all that you've done, even in this very specific situation that we've talked about this morning. The opportunity to see, uh, see good things happen with my health board. Lord, I thank you for my church, my connection group, the people that love me, the people that I love. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would just help all of us this morning to remember these things that, that I'm learning right now, Lord. Help us to remember that, that you love us, that there's other believers that love us. Help us to remember that uh, even though we might be facing a, a problem and a lot of times it seems like a battle, that we, we don't know where to go with it. We don't know how to fight that battle. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to remember that you're there, that you love us. Help us get through it. Thank you for it, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.